This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Hey, everybody. Thanks for tuning in. I'm Anthony Kastrovitz, and this is our latest look at the Kansas City Royals. I am joined by Jeffrey Flanagan. Jeffrey, uh, things are not going well in the world of the Royals, and they're not going well at a time when uh, small samples can lead to uh, big conclusions at the trade deadline, of course. The Royals, as we record this going into Tuesday, they are two games under 500. They are eight and a half back in their division. They are seven back in the wild card. I think you know where I'm going with this, and the question is, where are we going with this? What's going to happen here? Well, that's that's the problem is that uh, you know they were they were actually they were 48 and 50 two years ago, uh, and they made a huge run in August September and made the made the wild card game. We know what happened after that, but you know it, I think Dayton Moore and the front office are, are trying to be realistic. They're preparing to buy or sell at this point. Um, it, it's just that they're kind of caught in limbo here. They they know this team is better than this. They know it can play better than this. Uh, they're just not showing it at, at this time and. And you mentioned it is a critical time not to be showing it. Um, so it's really tough for them to make a decision. They've got, whatever it is, six more days to make a call. They've got three free agents, uh, pending three free agents, uh, Luke Hochever, Hendris Morales, and Edison Volquez. Uh, and they've got to make a decision on uh, you know, whether to, to trade those parts off and get something and, and try to look forward to 2017. Or do they you know, maybe go out and get a small piece, uh, you know, a number five starter and uh, they're going to get Lorenzo Cain back within probably a week or so. He just went on rehab uh, yesterday. Uh, just kind of dig in their heels and say, hey, th- this is still the same team that went to two straight World Series. Uh, you know, we're going to fight to the finish here. Well, obviously, you know, so much of, of the Royals' plan, especially last winter, was, was maximizing this window. And you, know, you think about their stance last winter was about maximizing, at the very least, the next two years, that'd be 16 and, and 17. And, uh, you know, for that reason, obviously, if they even if they do become sellers, it's not like they're going to trade away an Eric Hosmer, for instance. But um, you know, the three guys you mentioned, the pending free agents, Volquez, Morales, and Ochaver, all those guys, if I'm not mistaken, have mutual options for 2017. So I'm just wondering, and this is totally spitballing on your part, but what do you think the status is of, of where they'd be with those mutual options on the Royals' end? Is, is that something you, you feel like would be a no-brainer to? pick up for 2017 or do you think because uh, obviously that's something that I'm sure is weighed when, when they're considering whether or not to sell off those pieces. Yeah and I, I've yet to see you know the Royals are famous for putting mutual options on, on the end of every single deal they make yeah. and I've yet to see anyone actually exercise those so <laughs> I would suspect that uh, um, all three of those guys would opt out and, and you know, right. test free agency market but having said that and I was talking about this with some other guys last night is that when you look at this pitching staff in this rotation right now coming back in 2017 who's going to be your ace who's going to be the guy who's going to gobble up 200 innings it's probably going to be Edison Volquez so I mean he's still a relatively young man he's been injury free I I wouldn't be shocked if they make the decision to try to keep 
bulkheads in some fashion. Um, maybe do a two-year deal or something after this because they're they're pitching thin right now. Uh, you look back, you look at who's going to come back in 2017. They're going to have Jason Vargas coming off of rotator cuff. They're going to probably have Mike Miner coming off of. Uh, they can't keep him healthy, by the way, and he's coming off a of labrum surgery. Um, you've got Duffy, you've got Ventura, uh, and Ian Kennedy, but you, you you still got two open spots there, and there's really no one in the system uh, that's coming up fast enough that can fill one of those spots. Kyle Zimmer, you know, is out for the year now, and uh, it's just uh, they've got some decisions to make about what what they do going forward. With Edison Volk has um, he's been uh, he definitely has been steady Eddie. He's not having a fantastic year, but he's been pitching pretty well lately. And he's a guy, like I mentioned, can can really chew up a lot of innings. And just to to uh, part with him right now at the trade deadline, I, I don't think is a is a terrific idea. Yeah, it's kind of uh, you can see it from both sides because you're right. All the points you just made are correct. And then the other point is that the pitching market being so thin, uh, you can get a greater return from Volquez than you would in an ordinary uh, summer mm-hmm. swap market. But um, but you're right. I mean, he's pitched, he probably pitched better than his ERA indicates. I think there's some peripheral numbers that suggest as much. And, um, certainly a guy who gets a lot of ground balls. So it has a lot of value either way. It has a lot of value to the Royals and, and has yeah. a lot of value in the market. Um, what do you make of it? This is just something that's been floated, and it's probably uh, typical silly season stuff. But, you know, Wade Davis uh, obviously has tremendous value himself. Uh, we just saw what the Cubs got for Araldis Chapman, and that was for two months of control. Davis, you're talking about two years and two months. Uh, if you could get a number one type pitching prospect, and the name floated in connection with Davis was Lucas Giolito, I don't think that trade happens. I don't think it's something the Nationals are particularly keen on, but uh, it, is, it does lead for fun discussion, doesn't it? If you could get something like that, a piece like that for Wade Davis, do you pull the trigger? Well, if I'm the GM, I don't, because I think I would feel I owe it to this core group of players that were you're going to make a run maybe not only this year, but definitely in 2017. Uh, we've already noticed that without Greg Holland, uh, <clears throat> that this, this bullpen right now is not as strong as it was last year. And if you take away Wade Davis, you're down to Kelvin Herrera and an, an ineffective Joaquin Soria, an ineffective Blue Kochever right now. Uh, so you're, you're almost kind of thrown in the towel for next year, too, because this team is built on, on pitching and, and defense in his bullpen. And without Wade Davis, now, having said that, there is nobody that's untradeable. There's nobody that's untouchable. So if you got the perfect package, yeah, you probably would have to pull the trigger. But, look, a lot of teams are calling, as you know, Anthony, I mean, a lot of teams call and they talk and they ask, and, hey, what, what would it take to get this guy and that guy? I'm sure they, they feel the inquiries about every single guy on their team, from Eric Hosmer to Wade Davis. But I'd be pretty surprised. I'm not saying, it, it, you know, I'd be shocked, but I'd be surprised if they would move away Davis just because of the way Dayton thinks about uh, you know, treating his core group of players and trying to make another run for a World Series uh, over the next two years. As far as the other side of the equation, the buy side, uh, it sounds like from your conversations with Dayton Moore, the Royals are not in a position to add salary, correct? That's right. I mean, it would have to be, you know, David Glass has been very good in the, in the last couple of years. That They've had to add some pieces that he would, you know, bump salary up. And, you know, it's kind of cryptic the way Dayton described it, too. He said, you know, uh, we didn't plan on actually adding any money at, at the trade deadline during the offseason because basically they overspent in the offseason. Um, they bumped their, their team payroll up to a team record, $135 million or something like that, which was really about $15 million more than I thought they had enough room to go. And, and so I, th- I think Dayton would have a hard time going back to Mr. Glass and saying, hey, can we add another $10 million here? 
but not to, not saying that they won't make maybe a minor move or something like that. That uh, just to get maybe uh, you know a number five starter, <clears throat> the offense probably will pick up once they get Lorenzo came back. Um, so I, I don't know if they've got you know enough firepower, enough resources to go get another bat. But uh, right now, the number five spot in the rotation is really just killing them. Uh, I think if they're eight and seventeen or eight and eighteen out of that spot this year with a ERA over six. Uh, it's, you know, if you just got a decent starter out of uh, your number five guy right now, they'd probably be maybe four or five games over 500, and we're not even having most of these discussions. Yeah, uh, and you mentioned they were in a similar spot in, in 2014, and that was, of course, a team finding itself, a team on the rise. Uh, this is a team that's just been battered by injuries this year. I think, uh, you know, fan graphs and baseball perspectives going into this week, they were giving them like a 3% chance of, of reaching the postseason. I don't remember what it was at this stage in, in 2014, but I do believe it was higher than that. Uh, Not by much. It certainly wasn't higher than that in the wild card game when they were down four runs <laughs> in the eighth inning. So <laughs> that's, that's absolutely true. Well, well, give me the pulse of the clubhouse and all this. I mean, obviously you're right. They, they can get, they can stand to get healthier, especially with Kane coming back. Um, you know, what, what's the feel in that room? Is there still a great deal of confidence? Yeah, I mean, I, I talked to Eddie Volquez yesterday, and I talked to Haas about it uh, yesterday, too, and, and they still feel like, because they've done it, they've been there before, that they can go on a run, that they can go, you know, reel off 15 out of 20 or something like that. It's uh, The games they're losing right now are games that they have won in the last two years. Uh, they're just, you know, they're not getting that big hit late. Uh, their offense is really struggling, but like I mentioned, with Kane coming back, that deepens the lineup a little bit, and maybe that will have an impact. That's almost like acquiring a bat at the trade deadline to have him come back. So Gordon's actually shown some signs of life lately. So if they can get his bat going, you know, then now you've added two more pieces to the offense. Um, you know, outside of Kennedy's bad first inning on, on Monday night, he's been okay lately. Duffy's been fine. Ventura's been okay. You know, I think Eddie's really picking it up right now. So the, maybe the starting rotation is settling down a little bit. You know, maybe they could make that run. Not saying they will because, uh, you know, maybe the energy level is just not quite there as it has been in the last two years. But uh, I, I think as a group, they still feel like they've got a, a run left in them. Uh, last thing, Jeffrey, this is our first chance to speak since the uh, White House trip for the Royals and yourself as oh, well. Yeah. I, saw you, I saw you did file a story from there, so apparently you did get through security. What was your uh, <laughs> takeaway from that experience? Yeah, I, I somehow, you know, Secret Service didn't get my, you know, didn't spot my fake IDs and everything like that. So, <laughs> yeah, I got through just fine, and it was really tremendous. I mean, <clears throat> I think what uh, was more fun for me, <clears throat> excuse me, was just sitting in the daily press briefing room, which is, you, know, you see it on TV every day, and, and you see the president talk there. You see Josh Ernst talk there. You think it's this massive room, and uh, I'm not sure if, if you've you've been to one of these, but it's such a tiny room that just, everyone's just you know shoehorned in there. And uh, yeah. it, it, actually, everything about the White House is is pretty small compared to what you see on TV. But just a terrific experience. You know, they they had the ceremony in the East Room, which the very famous East Room, and. Um, hanging out in the West Wing with Josh Ernest in his office, that was pretty cool, too. So, and, and the guys loved it. They had a great time. And, uh, you know, and several of them told me uh, afterward that they just got kind of goosebumps when uh, President Obama read their name out loud, you know. And, and I was thinking about that, too, going, yeah, when the president actually, you know, says your name out loud, I guess that would give you goosebumps. So, uh, <laughs> tremendous experience. <clears throat> but now they're back, you know, they've got to get back to work and, I think all the distractions now are, are behind them. You know, the White House visit's over. The All-Star game's over. 
uh, for Ned and his staff. Uh, you know, they can focus uh, just on one thing now. All right, yeah, and Josh, of course, is a legit Royals fan. President, not so much. He's still a White Sox fan. That's right. Uh, all right, there's the latest and greatest from Jeffrey Flanagan. We'll see what happens at the trade deadline. Thanks for tuning in. This has been MLB.com Extras, Kansas City Royals edition. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free at-bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey.